Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap as you grab a seat this morning. Hallelujah. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to our, our uh, 10 a.m. service. I want to welcome everyone online. Thanks for uh, being with us this morning. Uh, we are in a uh, little series, if you want to call it that. We're kind of in the book of Philippians, and we're looking at the writings of Paul, and we're learning from them. This is the manual for life right here. This is the manual right here. Everything we buy comes with a manual, right, usually? And, and it tells us how to work and do it, and this is our manual for life. And if we don't read the manual, if we don't chew on the manual, if we don't take what's in the manual and begin to work it within us, we're not going to grow. We're not going to be connected the way God wants us to be connected. And so I, I want to I look at Philippians chapter 3 today. Because I want to talk about how we can rejoice in the Lord where we're at in our, in our present state of life. And I love, I love Paul. Paul writes this third chapter, and he comes out, and he, and he says that he's going to give us some safeguards. What he's telling us, he's going to teach us some precautionary things to be aware of as they come up and what to do or what not to do. To be prepared, and oh, I'm sorry, if there's uh, middle school, Sunday school, you may be dismissed this morning to your class in the back. So he gives us uh, some precautionary things to be aware of, because let's look at the scripture in chapter 3. Let's, uh, I want to read a couple verses. Can we just stand for a moment uh, as we honor the word this morning? I love the title of this in chapter 3. Uh, my Bible says that uh, the title of this particular chapter starts off with The Priceless Value of Knowing Christ. This morning when I was praying at my coffee table this morning, my, my, my coffee, my bar and the thing in the kitchen there, as I read that, the Lord says, Our goal that I've said for this church and this people is to have growth spiritually in 2022. That's the goal of SCC as individuals and to really, really grow. To, to go deeper and deeper in him. And, and when I read knowing Christ, he's like, in order for us to go, you have to know me. In order for us to grow, you have to know who I am. You have to know my standards. You have to know the Holy Spirit. You have to function in the moving of the Holy Spirit. And, and so this is so important. And he, go, and, he, and he starts off and he says this in verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I love that. Good times, bad times, sideways times, upside down times. Whatever happens, wherever you're at, let's learn to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because he's more than enough. He's more than enough. So whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. I do it to give you a precautionary awareness uh, to help you when those things come, you see them and you can fix them so you can continually, no matter where you're at, rejoice in the Lord. And he says this, he says, watch out for those dogs. I love that. Those dogs. Those people who, evil, who do evil. Those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. The circumcision of the heart. The changing of the mindset, the, 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 the surrender of all that we are from the inside out. Goes on and he says this. He says, we rely on Christ Jesus and what, has, what he has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, in my own flesh, in my own credentials, 
I can, ha- I, can, I can have that, but we don't do that. Because it's all about Christ and what's in Christ and what we have in Christ. And he says, if anyone could, I could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have much more. Father, thank you for this word. Lord, as we continue to go to it later on this day, Father, bring that knowledge of what you're trying to teach us today. Show us who you are in a greater dimension. And Father, consume us. And give us the strength, the ability, the courage to move forward in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may grab a seat this morning. I love the scripture. I love reading the scripture. I love the scripture because it's there for life. It's there. It's what I need. It's, it's food. It's food for me. It's, it's food for me. It's food for you. And so don't take lightly the scriptures. And so Paul writes here, and he's teaching us, uh, he's going to teach us in this whole chapter of what to be aware of and what to avoid and what to do and what not to do. He's encouraging us as, lead, as believers to rejoice in the Lord in all types of circumstances, but be aware of the circumstance and what's happening around us. Uh, and so he gives us some precautionary things. What I love about this chapter is he begins to lay out what we should look for. He says, beware of those wrongdoers. He starts off by telling us that there are people or groups of people that are teaching wrong doctrine, wrong theology, wrong teachings about who he is. And he begins to call them out. And then he goes in and he begins to talk about the flesh. The flesh about who we are as people. And he'll go on and I'll read a little bit about his credentials. That we're not to trust in the flesh and we're not to trust in our credentials of what we've obtained and, and what we have been given and what we've done. Because that's not going to get us any closer to, to the Lord than if we didn't do them. And so he talks about those, and, and then he goes into a whole section about when we are aware of what is wrong and when we stop trusting in all these other things and we trust in the Lord and, and we, we begin to, and then we must then press towards the goal. We must press towards him. And he's talking about Christian maturity. He's talking about growing in Christ. And then the last precaution that he talks about is he says, listen, I want you to, to, to find people that are good examples, godly examples, that you can learn from. Yes, we know Christ is our example. We know that Christ is the, is the pinnacle of who we should be following. But I've come to tell you that God has placed godly people around you and I to help us to, be, to live, to, to walk this, this life of a Christian out. That they, They're an example. They're good for us to be around. They're encouraging. They speak life and not death. We, we see how God's used them and is using them right now. And so he gives us three precautions that we're to be aware of the false teachings and not trusting in our flesh. He tells us we must continue to press forward and then we must follow good examples. And so let's look at this today. So when we leave here, we'll be closer or we'll be able to grow a little bit more than when we came in this morning. And so I love it. He starts the, the chapter out and he begins to warn us about the flesh and accomplishments and wrong beliefs. See, he begins to call out a group of people. He calls them dogs. Uh, many of us, if you study the word, they would be known as Judaizers. What they were, they were a group of people who, who taught that, uh, that, that, that your, 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 your ability to uh, have uh, eternity, your ability to be a believer, is done by works and not just by faith. And, and, and so he begins to call them on. They teach about how you have to be circumcised. And, and they go through a whole, they have this whole 
this whole teaching and belief about the human effort is so needed and it's almost like they're taking the grace and the mercy of God and they're, they're pushing it aside and, and Paul calls them out. He calls them out. See, because what happens is so many people or this group of people is struggling with the fact that forgiveness is given to us by God through grace and mercy. That it's not about works. That I can't work to get my forgiveness. I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't just perform for God like, a, like, a, like I'm a dog in a, in, a, in, a, in a circus show. And on command, I do works and works and works. And the more works I do, the more God loves me. Can I just tell you something? God doesn't love you because of your works. God loves you because you're his son or daughter. God forgives you because of the, the faith that you have in him. You cannot work your way to heaven. Okay, there's teachings that you can buy your way to heaven or you can read certain books to get into heaven. No, that's not the way it works with God. It's your faith in Jesus Christ and the work of the cross that allows you and I to have eternity with the Father. And so here's a group of people talking about making sure that we're fulfilling the Mosaic law, that we're working and that we do believe, but there's more of an emphasis on the work end of things. Christian cannot play his way into heaven. As anointed as he is, and the rest of our team, they cannot play their way into heaven. They can't play their way into a growing relationship with God by their works. And so he calls them out. I love it. He calls them dogs. I love that. But not just like the dogs that you and I think of our house pets, you know, the little white poodle that's got a bow or the, you know, whatever type of dog you may have. He's viewing their teaching and their philosophy and what they're trying to push to people about their walk with God. He's looking at them, calling them as the dogs that you would see on the street, flea-ridden, all dirty and grungy, eating out of the dumpsters and the garbage cans. And he calls them out for their false teachings. And he calls them out because of their legalism. We, we see that even in today. We, we, we see that with groups of people. There's some false teachings going on in our world. I, I started watching this week, I came across it on, on, a, on, on my internet thing or t TV thing or whatever. It's a whole series on, on cults and false religions. And it's amazing. I know some of them are even in their own neighborhoods. And they're teaching a, a teaching that does not line up scripturally with God. And what they do is they have these people who are part of that come out. And they're like, this is what happened to me. This is where it went sideways. This is what's wrong. And, and so... So many people get a hold of that and they grab a hold of it and they believe it as truth and, and, and they're being pulled away. And they're not, they're not growing, they're being pulled away. And so he begins to, to call them out in the very beginning here and, and, and he's telling us to be aware of it as a, a precautionary, as a, as a safeguard for us in our growth to make sure that we're staying on the right track of being taught proper theology and, and, and proper understanding of the scriptures. It's important because if we get sideways, we won't rejoice. If, if, our, if our whole life is about working our way to heaven, we're not going to be rejoicing in anything. You, we're going to be miserable. Because it's like, well, i got to go to church today and i got to shovel the parking lot because we decided not to have a plow company and we're going to work it all together. You know how long that would last for me? It wouldn't because I'd be calling in sick. It wouldn't. We're told that in order to, 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 to be a part of a, a church and, and a, have a relationship with God, you, you have to wear a suit or you, you, can't, you, know, you, you can't wear pants. Or you, this is really happening in, in 2022. 
And Paul's like, listen, man, you got to be aware of, 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 of the false things that are happening around you. Because if we begin to embrace them, it's going to stop our growth. If you begin to embrace them, it's going to steal your joy. If you begin to embrace them, you're, you're going to go down the wrong path that, I've not, that I don't want you to go down. And so he calls these, these, these legalistic people out. And because he's like, you know, it's, it's not about the work. It's, the work doesn't get us perfect standing in front of God. Faith in who Jesus is. Accepting the grace and mercy and his forgiveness. See, it's the blood of Christ that, shed, that was shed on the cross that washes the dirt away, that justifies us, that brings us back into right standing. See, these other groups, they sow corrupted teachings. They were sowing corrupted, twisted teachings. And so he's saying, be aware. And he says, don't trust your flesh. It's not about the credentials. I grew up, I came in the ministry in the 90s. Now, if anyone remembers the 90s, it seemed like every pastor, not every pastor, I can't say every pastor, but so many people were more concerned about the letters after your name than if you were anointed and could teach the, the Bible. You heard people who had, would say their name and then would be like, worship, or pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, PhD, doctor, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And there was more focus on the credential, more focus on what they did than, I, than, than y'all understand what I'm saying, right? Did, you, did you, anyone come up through that time? I'll never forget that one day my mom walked into my office at the church and she goes, where is it? I'm like, where is it? I'm like, where's what? She goes, your diploma from college. I'm like, I think it's in the drawer. Well, why isn't it on the wall? Because I got that amazing velvet Jesus right there on the wall that someone gave Bishop Tom that he gave me. I really did. It was a velvet Jesus Remember the velvet pictures back in the 90s you used to buy in the corners? It was velvet Jesus. It was a big one. And he had his arms out and he was holding the world. Every teenager thought it was the coolest thing. I'm like, because velvet Jesus is kind of right there. But, but, but they need to see your, de- they don't need to see my degree. My degree does not mean, does not say that I can or can't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, it's important to get, I understand that. But the problem is we can't focus in on the credential. We can't focus in on, on, on what, what we did or what we have. We have to focus in on Jesus. Right? Think about it. In Paul, he, he, he lets him know. He's like, listen. He goes, if anyone can trust in the flesh, if anyone can, he says, I can. If you, if, if you read on in verses 4 through 6, he exposes the ridiculousness of placing the confidence in our flesh and in our credentials. And by using himself as an example, he's like, listen. He says, let me clarify something. He says, if anyone can do this, he says, it's me. He goes, I was circumcised on the eighth day. And I was of great stock of Israel. He goes, I'm a member of the Benjamin tribe, a very honorable tribe. He goes on, he says, I I, I can be known as the Hebrew of Hebrews, the best of the best. That's who I am. He goes on, he says, I had great zeal when it came to persecuting the church. I was blameless in regard to my righteousness, which I found to try to work out in the law. He goes, I was the most excellent of Jews, and I set the, standard, the bar of standards so high for other Jews and, and made it almost impossible for a Gentile to even come close to where I'm at. 
He goes, so if we're to talk about trusting in the flesh, if we're to talk about trusting in credentials of what we've done, I am the man that would be the first one in line. He says, you know what? All that stuff right there is garbage. It's rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. Think about that. Think about that. All that stuff. All that stuff. We do the same. We do the same. And sometimes because we focus in on that, we miss what God's doing. We miss what God's doing. Let me just say this to someone. You need to hear this. You do not need a, biblical, you do not need a college degree to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to hear that. You do not need a biblical degree to lead worship or teach Sunday school. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. Now, there's training involved. You got, you, you, you got to, you got, there's always training in everything. Okay? But don't think because you don't have a piece of paper that has a bunch of letters and numbers after it that you're not qualified. You're qualified. You're qualified. Because when I read the Great Commission... What Jesus said, he didn't say, go ye therefore after you obtain a master's degree in divinity and then go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He does not say that in the gospel. Nowhere does he, nowhere does he say, you need a master's in divinity, 10 years of experience, and 42 recommendations in order to preach the gospel. He does not say that. He says, go preach. Tell your story, your testimony. See, I think Paul's telling us this because we get so caught up in those things that we miss what God's doing. And we can miss an outpouring, or as we were saying earlier, a revival, because we're focusing in on the wrong things, or we've been taught wrong theology, we've been taught wrong teachings, that we have to work our way to heaven, or we have to give our way to heaven, or we have to dress a certain way to get to heaven and have a relationship, or we have to have our hair cut a certain way, or not have our hair cut a certain way, or go to a certain church, or not go to a certain church, or not... Rubbish garbage, nonsense. It's relationship. So Paul's warning us. He warns them and he's warning us to be aware of all this stuff that's going on. Be aware of it because it can affect you and it can steal your joy. It can take it immediately because we get frustrated. And I love it. He, he says in verses 7 through 11, he counts it all as rubbish in the view of the knowledge of God and his new life in Christ. Do you know why he can say this now? Do you know what the change was? The change was in Acts when he met God face to face. See, it was there that everything changed for him. See, he was all those things he said he was and more. But the minute that he had an encounter with God on the road to Damascus, his life changed. His focus changed. His views changed. His beliefs Changed his ability to be all that God was calling him to be changed, and so he calls it rubbish because you don't want to know why because he wants to know the Lord more intimately as a person and know his ways. He, he, he counts it as rubbish because he wants to experience the companionship and develop the character of God and to become more Christ like. Circumcised or uncircumcised does not let you be more Christ-like or not Christ-like, just so you know. Okay? See, 
he has this ability because of this change. You know, he, he, he wants to be found in Christ. He wants to know and experience the miracle power of God. He wants to die to the old and is willing to suffer for the gospel. He's able to say these things because he had this transformation, because he had an encounter with God Almighty. Let me just, because I'm, I'm going to pray for you to have an encounter today. If you're struggling, let me pray for you to have an encounter to lift the struggle, to lift the weight of the burden. As you're, maybe you're struggling to grow. Maybe you're struggling to, to understand the Scripture. Maybe you're struggling to pray more than 30 seconds. Uh, or maybe you're struggling to, to, to truly embrace what God wants for you. Let me pray for you today for this encounter that like Paul had on the road to Damascus. Maybe today will be the starting of the outbreak of the revival because we're going to push all the junk aside. We're going to push all the struggle aside. We're going to stop listening to things that people have been telling us for years that are not gospel. They're not, they're not truth. They're, they're, they're false. And we're going to embrace what God is saying today. We're going to embrace it by faith in who he is and what he can do. And so Paul, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. See, he was found in Jesus and received that righteousness. He said it in verse 9. He was justified. He was made right in God's eyes by faith and not by works. See, Paul was working. You know that? But the problem Paul was working was to destroy. Paul was working hard. He was killing people. If you said that you were part of the way, the church, Paul had no problem in nodding his head and having you killed immediately. His goal was to destroy the church of the New Testament church. But God had a bigger and better plan for Paul. He got Paul alone. Sometimes, oh, I like that. I like this. Listen to me. Sometimes we got to get alone with God for God to begin to do something in us. (laughs) Write that down. We got to get alone with God. We got to have a one-on-one with God. Right? Because it's in that one-on-one that God can be, and and you know, Paul surrendered too when when he was in the presence of God. He didn't fight him. He didn't run away. He didn't ignore him. He surrendered. And then when he surrendered, then God asked him to do a few things. I need you to go here and listen to this person. I need, and Paul surrendered and did what God asked him to do. This is all important. This is, this is good. This is, this is preaching right now. We need to get alone with God. We need to surrender what God is saying. And then we need to begin to do what God is asking. <laughs> Three things. We need to get with God. We need to surrender, and we need to respond to what God is saying. When that begins to happen, I promise you, things will begin to change. So Paul safe, teaches us these safeguards, and he talks about what we should be aware of, not trusting in the flesh and the accolades of who we are. And then he goes on and he says this in verse 12. He says this in verse 12. It'll be on the screen for you. He says this. I do not mean to say that I have already achieved these things, but I have already reached, or that I have already reached perfection. This is important. But I press on to, profess, to, to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Here's your struggle, church. Here's our struggle. I've been here. This was a struggle for me. What was a struggle for me? Forgetting the past and looking to the future. What is forward and what lies ahead? 
I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling. I, I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking to what lies ahead. The past is crippling us. Homemade bookmarkers. Always something on a Sunday, right? Homemade bookmarkers. The past is crippling us. The past is controlling us. The past has its claws in many of us. We're, try, we're walking through life, right? And we're trying to go this way, but we're walking like this. We're, we're walking like this. We're not, we're not even looking where we're called to go. We're not even looking where God's leading us to go because we're so focused on where we're coming from and not where God's calling us to. And if you notice something, if I don't pay attention and I don't start looking to where God's calling me, I'm going to trip and I'm going to fall because I'm so focused in on what was behind me and not what's in front of me. And when we say in the past, we'll never get to the future. Listen, you, you can't change it, but you can learn from it. You can't change it, but you can learn from it. And Paul's like, listen, you need to press on. He, I love it. He uses an athlete. He uses an athlete. He's like, listen, you got to press on. you gotta, you got to be strong. you got to be concentrated. you got to be determined to get to the goal which is in front of you. Well, what's the, what's the goal that Paul is targeting? The goal that Paul is targeting is to cross that finish line of Christian maturity. The goal that, that Paul wants is to continue to press towards knowing Jesus more intimately, to become more like him. See, Paul's goal is to become, is to become uh, or to grow in spiritual growth. It's to become spiritually mature and then be spiritually stable. That's important for us as the body, that we're mature, well, that we're growing, that we're mature, and that we're stable. It's so important for us. And Paul's like, listen, press, y'all with me today? Y'all with me? I, I, I preach this to myself all week long. I'm going that way. I got to get out of the past. I gotta stop thinking, dwelling, staying connected. I gotta stop listening to all the people who are telling me about what faith is and, and what a relationship with Jesus is and what's required in it, and it doesn't even line up with the scripture. I, I gotta stop. I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I can't allow that to. I, I gotta stop looking at myself and thinking that I'm all that and I have all these amazing things about, I am amazing, but I, you know, <laughs> let's not get it too twisted now. Uh, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Uh, but, but, but I got to stop looking at what I've done and, and what I have in, in the credential department and say, because of that, I, am, I become a this. Mm -mm. I just want, we just need to be sons and daughters of Jesus and grow in that relationship. And we got to stop listening to the false things that we're being told and, and, and that's coming at us from all different directions. We've got to stop trusting the flesh because the flesh will lie to you. Your flesh will tell you that you're awesome and that you're great no matter what you, what you may be. Your flesh will tell you those things, that you're all that. But he's like, listen, I press on. I, I, I participate actively in pursuing What's ahead of me? That's what press on means. Press means to carry out or to participate actively in the pursuit of 
or the following of. And he's like, I press on to Jesus. I press on to who he is. I press on to grow in him. I want to take hold. I want to possess. I want to make it my own. Are we doing that this morning? Are we pressing on and are we acquiring and making Jesus our own? See, Paul had been seized by the powerful hand of God on that road to Damascus that day. The, 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 the risen Christ grabbed a hold of him and grasped him and began to love on him and encourage him and straighten up all the wrong things in him, all the wrong teachings and, and philosophies and theologies that he was taught one way and began to put him on the right path. And, and once that happened and he experienced the, the, the true nature of being in God's presence, man, he was, he was on fire. His belief completely belonged to God. He surrendered everything. Surrendered it all. That's why he can say rejoice in the Lord. That's why he found joy in serving and sharing and giving in a relationship. Because he had this, our joy is found in God. Bottom line. The joy of the Lord is our strength and true joy is found in God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Number two, right behind love. I don't know if there's a specific order, but the way God seems to do everything, he does have an order to things. So he puts it right up in the top of the fruit category. And the joy comes when we have a relationship The joy of the Lord comes in a relationship with the Lord. The joy of the Lord comes when we're connected to the Lord. The joy of the Lord comes and is imparted in us through this intimate relationship, this one-on-one relationship that we have with God. And then when the joy is within us, and as we grow deeper in him, the fruit grows, right? And as the fruit grows, then it becomes visible then to other people. And so it's important for us to know that. And so let's be honest here today. Are we determined to press on in the pursuit of growth, in the pursuit of everything getting more intimate with Jesus? Are we willing to do what's needed? It's not easy, but are we willing to go for it? It's a cycle. Growing in Christ is a continual building process, one stage at a time, one step at a time. And as we persevere and grow, we become strengthened. As we become strengthened, we continue to go forward and continue to move forward. And so we begin to mature. We begin to grow, mature, and we become stable. It's what he's asking. It's what he's going after. It's what he's teaching us. Paul shares a few vital principles in verses 12 through 16. He talks about how God's plan is about progression. God's plan in our life is about progression. It's not about perfection, but progression. Is anyone a perfect? Don't raise your hand. Is, if, if you are a perfectionist in here, <laughs> if you are a perfectionist in here, you will understand this statement. If you, are, if you can't move to the next stage of whatever until you've reached perfection, you're annoyed, you, you get frustrated, sometimes you get angry, and sometimes you get downright stuck in that spot 
because you think it needs to be this specific, perfect way until you can go to the next step. But the reality is it may never get there. And sometimes we think that about our walk with God, that I have to be perfect. I have to be, you know, perfect to a degree before I can move to the next phase. It's about progress because through the progression, things change. I'm kind of a perfectionist, and, and, and I was laughing when I was, I shared it this morning, I was laughing when I was going over this yesterday because I came in yesterday, and even during the week, and I straightened chairs up in the sanctuary in the, along the back wall. And I put them in a certain place because in my head, it had to be in between certain areas, off the wall, a certain amount of space. Because you know if it's not, you're not going to hear God, right? No, because I got something wrong. <laughs> There's something not right there. And so it, it, it drives me, it, 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 and, and I began to laugh when the Lord showed me that. When I'm preaching it, I'm like, oh my Lord, it's so true. That we strive so hard for perfection, and God just wants progress. Because through the progress, God will fix what needs to be perfected, right? He'll fix what will needs to be perfected. And so he teaches us in verse, six, in verse 13 that the past is over. Leave it behind. Leave the past behind. It's over. It's over. It's over. I mean, even in the natural, we got people still talking about how the bill's in the Super Bowl. It's over. The season's over. Move on. We have next year. We got other things to talk about. We got other things to pray about. Move on. Summer's coming. Within the next five months, it'll be here. We're moving on. Number three. He tells us in verses 13 and 14 that the future holds our hope. We have to reach out for the future. The future holds our hope. Jesus is our future. Jesus is where we're going. He's our hope. He talks about in verse 15 how we're to maintain a a determined attitude as we're moving forward, as we're progressing and and moving in the right direction. We're to keep the standard high and we're to work together. And so he safeguards us by teaching us that there's to be aware of the false teachings, not rely on our flesh and our credentials. He teaches us that it's time as believers that we press on, that we forget what was behind and we move in the direction and go where God wants us to go. And then he says this in this last safeguard. He says, follow the pattern. He says this. He says in verse 17, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many, who, 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 uh, many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. I love this. He's telling us to pattern ourselves and look for examples that are godly people, not enemies of the cross. And he goes on, he talks about in verse 20, he says, because we are citizens of heaven. It's important for us to understand, yes, Jesus is our example. We know that. He's the ultimate example of what we strive and go after. But I want to, I want to declare to you today that God has placed men and women in our lives that are great examples of what it means to be a believer, of a Christian. Their lifestyle, their attitude, their mindset, their actions, their faith, their prayer, their ability to worship, study the word. There are great examples that are around us each and every day that we can look at that can help us to stay course, to, to stay the course. He says, follow the pattern, imitate me. You ever hear of a guy named Gandhi? Anyone hear of Gandhi, right? You know what Gandhi said? Gandhi said this. He's like, I like your Christ. Oh, 
And I got your attention now, didn't I? Gandhi's like, I like your Christ. He says, I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Wow. Think about that. I'm okay with your Christ. I like your Christ. I I like the stories and the teachings. I, I like him. I don't like those who are followers of your Christ because when I see the followers of your Christ, they're nothing like the Christ that I have become to know and hear about. Because there's not an imitation of who Jesus is. What he's saying is like, I know what he is, I know what he's about, and I know if you're a believer, you should be imitating those things, but I don't see that imitation of Christ in those who call themselves Christians. So I don't like them because your leader teaches one thing and now you do the opposite or you're not representing the leader. And even Paul's like, listen, we have to follow the pattern. We have to follow who Christ is, but there's also, beyond Christ, there's great examples of believers that we can learn from and, and, and link arm to arm. We need, we need mature models of, of believers in today's culture, ones that, that, that see the Christian lifestyle, ones that see light and salt in the dark world around us, that they can say, wow, there's something different. What is that? And then when we ask the question, what's so different? And you say, it's the Jesus in me because I made a choice as a child or as a young adult or as someone in my 20s or 30s or my 40s or whatever, what age it was to follow Jesus. And so when I follow Jesus, Jesus, I I want you to see the Jesus in me. And so he's like, pattern yourself. You know, look for good examples to help you be that example. Because how many people have a child in this place or a grandchild? Raise your hand. They need examples. They need examples. We've come to the point in culture where we have let what is known as social influencers influence our young people. They're telling our young people what is good, what is right, what is acceptable, and most of it is not. Now, if you're a millennial or younger, don't be offended by that. I'm just, I I have it all. I have the gram. I have the little one, the blue bird. Snapchat, Twitter, all that. I I, I have it. But by God, I'm not going to be influenced by it. So church, young people, be the influencers for Jesus in your circles of people. Let them see a pattern that you're following after the faith, that you're patterned your life after Jesus. Paul teaches his readers to mimic his approach. Now listen, his teachings are awesome, but he also says, listen, follow my lifestyle. Look what happened on the road to Damascus. Now look where I'm at. All this accolades, garbage, all that, because I want to know Christ. I want to be like Christ, and I want to live Christ out. Follow this example. It's a safeguard. Because you know what he says? You know what he says? He says, there are enemies of the cross. There are enemies of the cross of the cross. (laughs) He's already noted his imperfections. We're all imperfect. We're imperfect people. We just have to ask God to use his imperfection to lead others to the cross and help overcome the imperfection to continue to be who God wants us to be. We'll never be perfect, ever. I think that's what happens when we are let down by somebody because we place them on, we can't put them on a pedestal. They're not a God. But we have, and so when someone falls or something happens, we get frustrated and upset. They're imperfect people. 
and, they're, and they made a mistake. This is where grace, mercy, and forgiveness comes into play. Because, man, did I make some mistakes in life, and God forgave me. So let's be that example as well and walk through the forgiveness period. And so he suggests that we follow the good example because there are those who are enemies of the cross. And so he says not only his writings, but also his practices. He doesn't want us to be influenced by the false teachers. He doesn't want us to, to, to be uh, giving everything to those things that are anti-God. And that's why it's important, I spoke last week, for the unity of the body to stay strong for one another, to know the person and the other pews and sections in the body. We're family. Listen, we, we, don't, we may not know everyone intimately, but I don't, I don't know my family, each person, to a certain degree or depth, but I do know who they are in my family, right? I know so-and-so, that person's that, that person's this. They know that this. And we in the body have to have the same knowing of each other. So we can stand with one another. We can encourage one another. We can lift one another up. We can pray for one another. It's a family. And within family, there will be times of dysfunction. Within family, there will be a disagreement. Of, 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 of the, but we're family. And so we need one another in the body. We need each other. We need to be examples for one another. We need to be examples for the young ones. We need to be examples for those outside of these walls, those who are watching on the live stream or on TV. We need to be examples. We need to, we need to block the false teachings of, of what it is to be a Christian or not to be a Christian. We need to, to block all that out because what we have what it is and what it's all about right here. We just have to read the manual. And we have to get with some mature people to talk about it and pray about it. Iron sharpens iron. So key. You can come up. Iron sharpens iron. So key. We, we need this. We need to block the false teachings. We need to, we need to die to self and, 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 and stop thinking. I, I need to stop thinking that I'm something more than I am, that I have all these credentials, that I am the man. I am not the man. I am the farthest thing from being the man. And so we have to put all that aside and count those things as rubbish compared to the knowledge of God because the goal is to grow in the knowledge of Jesus. The goal is to grow spiritually in him with our relationship. The, the goal is to become more mature in our faith. The goal is to become more stable in our walk as Christians. And so we have to die to the flesh. And then I have to continue to press on each and every day. I have to get up every morning and press on. I have to keep on pressing on and pressing on, whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether it's a, a snowstorm or a sunny day. I, I got to keep going forward. I, I got to let go of what the devil and what people and what my own mind keeps trying to bring up about yesterday in the past and realize that my hope and my future is not in my past. It's in, the, it's in my future. It's ahead of me in Christ Jesus. And so I need to turn myself around. I said about a month ago, you need to break off the rear view mirror of what you keep looking at in life and throw it out the window. You don't need a rearview mirror in life. You need to keep looking forward, looking at the cross, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter, the perfecter, the perfecter. The perf we got to focus in on Jesus, and then we got to look at his example to pattern our lives around, and then we need to look around the true godly people that God has placed in our lives as examples to say, hey, look what's going on. Can you teach me how that did? How, teach me. You know, you're a great example. You read your word every day at five in the morning. How in the world do you get up every day at five? How did you do that? How did that become part of your life? Teach me how to do that. It's a great example, right? So he tells us these things to be aware of. Why? 
so that every day we can get up and say, I rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's teaching us some valuable things here in chapter 3. Embrace them. Embrace them. Who needs an encounter? Because this is where it starts. Paul got here because he met, he met the Lord on the road to Damascus, face to face. That's how he got to where he was. And so, We've been working all week and we're working on our sound and I promise you it's getting better and it will get better. We have stuff coming for sound echo and stuff and, and so we're working on this. So just work with us over these few weeks. See, perfection, remember I talked about being a perfectionist? About a year ago, I would have just been spiraling real quick with that. <laughs> Out of care, like, hmm. It all starts with an encounter. An encounter with Jesus. It's where this whole thing begins. Paul didn't work his point to a point to get to Damascus to meet Jesus. He met Jesus and he believed. Put your shovels down. Get out of the backhoe, the dump truck, trying to work your way into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Surrender. Get alone with Jesus. Surrender. And do what he asks you to do. Open our Bibles. Get a journal. Get, a, get one or two accountability partners that you can pray with or they can pray for you when needed. Let's link arm in arm. And let's move forward. Yesterday was yesterday. The future's ahead. The future looks bright. The future looks bright. The future looks bright. Well, let's start with that encounter. Let's stand to our feet. Maybe you needed to have an encounter with God this morning. Maybe you're struggling because you, you're struggling between false teachings and real teachings. Maybe you're just having a tough time pressing on. You're tired. You're exhausted. You, you can't keep moving forward. Or maybe you're just having a hard time finding an example to look after other than Jesus. Whatever it may be, can I pray for you this morning? Let's do this this morning. Let's meet at the altar. Come on down to the altar if that's you. Come on down. Really, Pastor? Yeah, come on. Meet me down here at the altar. Could you get me a water? There we go. Pastor, why are they coming down? Because it's a step of faith. It's easy to be in the pews, right? Super easy to be in the pews and stay there. So easy to stay there. This is like saying, man, here I am. I'm stepping out. I'm taking this step of faith. They're gonna, some, some people in church are going to see me step out and they're going to be like, oh, what's wrong with them? It's none of their business what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you walk down every week. Who cares? I was a pastor's kid. Do you know how many times I walked to the altar? A ton. Why? Because I was a screw-up at times. I, I did the felt, felt guilty on Saturday night. You know, I went out on Saturday night and then I felt guilty on Sunday morning when the Holy Spirit was, was, was moving when pastor was preaching. And so I had to run down to the altar. 
I didn't care. I got to a point where I didn't care what people thought. Who cares? They, they, they have nothing. They, they, who cares? Again, that's the past. That's the wrong thinking, the wrong... The, the, here we are. Wow. What's the hose? Yeah. Look at that. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's amazing. For such a time, the word was in season, amen? amen? It was for today, for such a time as this. So let's pray for that. just want to grab a drink of water real quick. and Thank you, Pastor. He ran to the cafe when they're only right over there in that room. <laughs> he ran through the whole complex to get this when they're 20 feet away. Got to love that, Pastor. He's awesome. Serving. Let's pray. Let me encourage you. You've got to believe, though. You count, you, you've walked down here for a reason. Now, this is where your faith gets activated. This is where the little voice in your head that may try to say, it's not going to happen. God doesn't love you. You're too bad. You, you have to silence those lies. You can't allow that to affect what you're about to receive right now in Christ Jesus. Okay? Because what he has for you is personal and it's for you. And so this is where our faith, this is where our trust, our trust and our belief in who Jesus is and what Jesus did and what Jesus is going to do gets to be activated right now. Okay? So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person who by faith walked out of those pews, those, those areas that are areas of protection, of safety, and of comfort, and they walked in front of their, 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 the body of Christ, their family members of this ministry to the front because, God, they want to meet with you because something that was spoken today has touched them in such a way that they know that it was for them. So, Father, whether it's just the beginning of the encounter like Paul had on the road to Damascus, where today is the day where they, the meeting of face-to-face -face begins to take place and happen, or it may be trying to, 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 to calm the voices of all the different teachings and of what's right and what's wrong, or, or even the flesh that would try to rise up, the accolades of what I've done, who I am as a person, what, what my degree is, and a, God, whatever it may be, they're here for a purpose. They're to meet with you because God in you is all that is needed for their life to continue to move forward. Lord, they may struggle pressing on. They may feel like they're walking through life backward because of the past. The past is to no longer have a hold of you in Jesus' name. That right now you're turning and you're facing the future, the hope of what's ahead of you. God, I pray, Lord, that you begin to not only have an encounter with your people here this morning, but, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that you begin to draw close, that you begin to touch minds and hearts, that, Father, you begin to touch and change thinking patterns and behavioral patterns. Father, I pray that, God, you begin to give us a supernatural strength within us to keep pressing forward, no matter what the circumstance or situation is, no matter how difficult it may be, that, God, we will continue to press forward towards our spiritual maturity, our spiritual growth, our spiritual stability in you, Jesus, and you alone. Today is a day of breakthrough. I declare breakthrough upon these people in Jesus' name. Breakthrough. Every chain be broken. Every, every ounce of heaviness be lifted. 
every, every heart that has been broken be healed in Jesus' name. I pray that God right now, pain and, and anxiety and worry be replaced with joy and peace in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that the love, the agape love of you, God, would pour upon your people this morning. God, lives would be changed forever, not a moment in time, but forever and ever moving forward. Father, show us the examples that we can look at and look to. Show us, we, we know that you're the ultimate example, but God, you place godly people around us that we can glean from, that we can ask questions to. God, reveal those who we should go to, those that we should pattern ourselves like and after. We're not lifting them up to be a God or replacing you, but God, you've given us people to be at our sides. Show us, reveal to us, and then God, let us be an example for others. Let us be the one that will help others. Lord, I thank you that you use Paul to give us these safeguards to be aware of what's happening around us, that they would not pull us off course or away from where you want us to go. So Father, everything that has been asked and spoken for this morning, as all of us are raising our hands this morning now as a sign of surrender, Holy Spirit, move in a great dimension. God, touch us. Consume us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. God, we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for all that you're doing. We are a work in progress. We are a work in progress, and we will not stop. We will continue to move forward. We will not quit. We will not give up when times get tough. We turn to you, Jesus, this morning. I thank you. Bless those who are watching and and standing in their living rooms or kitchens, praying the same prayer. God, bless them in their homes. Wherever they may be, bless them. Touch them, change them, renew them, revive them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. It is so nice to be up close with you this morning. Thank you for taking that step of faith, stepping out. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. You have this. You do know this. Because what's going ha- to try to happen is the enemy's going to try to now get you in your car and say, oh, that was a lie, or this or that. It's going to try to pull you off of what God's doing. Don't receive that. Do not receive that, those, those words that don't, 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 don't let someone tell you something on the phone today or text you something on the, uh, on the phone today or, or don't, don't read something on Facebook or whatever, social media. Don't, don't, don't allow it to come and steal what God just planted today. Don't, 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 don't turn back. We're going forward. Amen? Amen. Because the Holy Spirit's going to seal it. Seal it and let those seeds grow. Amen. So I'll tell you my one announcement so you don't have to go back and sit down. Our one announcement is check the website. A lot of cool things happen here at church, especially now that we're getting the spring, things are over. It's going to be a great year looking for great things to happen. We're seeing more and more people come out live to services and be a part of the family together, which is so important. We need one another. We need one another. And today's Mission Sunday. And so we serve a lot of different missions. We serve Teen Challenge. We serve a mission that goes to Uganda. We serve a sewers ministry uh, all through Asia and stuff. We, we, we have our food pantry. Today's Mission Sunday. We have so many different missions that we've partnered with, not only through prayer, but also through financial giving. And these ministries are all life-giving. And so make sure today when you put your missions offering and you mark whatever is missions, missions, so we have the ability to make sure that it goes where it needs to go. And so I just wanted you to be aware of that. And so 
uh, without us and all the other people that support them, you know, they may struggle. And so it's important that we, we partner with them because they're doing the work of the kingdom globally. The, 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 the kingdom is global. It's not just here in, you know, sunny Lakeview, New York. It's global, you know. So, so let's pray right now for our offering. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. We say, Jaira, <laughs> how you're our provider, <laughs> that in you all that, is that we, it, all that is needed is found in you. And Father, even our finances, our, uh, how you provide, just even in that aspect of it, God, we thank you for that. And God, we come today and we leave with a spirit of, of gratitude. We leave with an attitude of worship and thankfulness for what you've given us and how you've blessed us. Because we see what's happening all over the world. We see what's going on. And here we are in this warm building worshiping you. Father, thank you for provision. And God, I pray a blessing upon the giving that we then, as the body of Christ, can continue to minister the, the, the life-giving news of the gospel all over the globe. So bless it and multiply it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Uh, you guys have a great day today.